everybody, you're listening to Sit Down with Stand-Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest today is a very funny comedian. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, David Letterman, and The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. He's recorded a Comedy Central half-hour special, and his album Job Opening came out this year. I'm very lucky to have Michael Palasek on the show today. How are you, Michael? Good, how are you? Very good. Um, I, we were just talking that you started in Second City. Yeah, I took, uh, when I first, my parents moved to Chicago when I was in college. And uh, I was just home for the summers. I didn't know anybody or anything. And my aunt had a friend who she went to college with that went like performed at Second City. And yeah. She told me about classes there, and so I just uh, I started taking them during the summer. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So you were going to college, and at the same time you started improv. Yeah. So I, w- I went to school in Ohio, but uh, when I would be home for the summer, I would take like one or two classes. Very cool. Then when I finished, I just sort of finished up there. So did you start improv before stand up? Uh yeah, for oh. sure. When I was. Uh, a freshman in college, I auditioned for like a sketch and improv show. So that's like the first comedy thing nice. I'd ever done before. So you had one on in your college too? Yeah, they had uh, uh, they had an improv troupe called Don't Tell Anna. That yeah, <laughs> that's an awesome name. It is apparently Anna was one of the founding members, and her mom no Anna's mom Anna was a mom of somebody who was a founding member, and she didn't want her to do it <laughs> so they couldn't tell her don't tell uh when well, i was never in that but i did a sketch show called tool toolbox where they did sketch and improv and i did that my second semester of freshman year sweet yeah and then how long after it was it was around the same time where you got into stand-up too or <clears throat> i think so i came home that summer and i didn't really do any performing i just sort of, i would like write uh stuff but not even comedy just well i mean like short stories or something and then the next summer is when I found a book on stand-up at a bookstore, and I started going open mics. What book was it? It's called Stand-Up Comedy by Judy Carter. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you were an English major, you said, when yeah. you act in, in college. And yeah. So did you think you were going to do stand-up? Was it like always like a idea, kind of, or did it just spark through Second City? And I think uh, I didn't know I was going to do stand-up. I was undecided for the first two years of college, so... Well, I think by the time I chose to be an English major, I had started doing stand-up. And then I think what really made it seem like I would do that as a job was um, a couple of things. Like, I listened to the CD interview that Jerry Seinfeld did in the 80s on, like, Laugh.com. Mm-hmm. And the way he talked about stand-up, he just made it seem like a really kind of achievable job. And then the other thing was I would audition for stuff around Chicago, and it was just hard to, to yeah. play, to to get on stuff because you had auditions so and I knew stand up I could just show up and <laughs> I could be bad and I was okay right like, yeah and just keep going <laughs> and get better Chicago's like a crazy comedy town like there's so much going on yeah and is it competitive for stand up as I, well like in LA or I think it was less competitive when I was there like there were good people doing it but less like I think when I would I'd start out in the suburbs and there was probably like 10 of us who were like really doing it a lot and and good and then and then uh, in the city, I remember seeing an open mic, which was like the biggest open mic, and there's probably like 50 to 70 oh, people wow, that yeah. would just random person, including everybody that would show up that yeah. one night. Um, and I think it's grown a lot since then. That's crazy. That's yeah. like the comedy store here. So yeah. So many people show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did, when you graduated from college, did you go into full time doing stand up and improv? Yeah. I didn't have a job. I sort of, uh, I remember talking to my mom. It was funny, like, when I was in college, my dad was like, you need to major in something you need to get a job with, right. and then I didn't do that. <laughs> and then my mom would be like, well, it's okay, he'll just do whatever you want. And yeah. then, like, I got out of college, and my mom was like, well, you need to get something that you can get a job with. And I was like, wait, back there? <laughs> <laughs> this, 
She's like, well, you need to pay the bill. And then my dad's like, no, he shouldn't go work at some job he doesn't want to do. That's This is what we invested money in in college in, so right. we should keep doing it. So I was sort of lucky to have their support. And they had a, I just drove their car into the city and would do shows. And, nice. And uh, so I wasn't necessarily... Uh, supporting myself, but it was taking up all my time. Yeah, it wasn't. It was full time in that sense. That's all I did. That's so cool. I'm yeah. in the same boat right now. I just oh, graduated and moved back into my parents. And it was good. so funny because you mentioned in your act where your mom was like telling you to go work at McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> my mom drives by the McDonald's bar house all the time. She's like, they're hiring. They have a sign. Like you should oh, totally do it. And that's like, funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but um. So how often would you go in those like early days? Would you go like one or two spots a night or? Um, yeah, I remember, I think the, that first summer there would be like a Wednesday and Thursday out in the suburbs by me. So I'd do those and then I would probably do, uh, try to do a Monday and Tuesday. And then if you could do a couple, like I was new to the idea of doing more than one in a night, but then I would see that people did that. So then I would just do that. And also, I remember it being like, well, if I'm going to another show, then I don't have to stay at this one really long and, like, watch everyone. Like, and, was, right. and it was always like, well, at the last one, I'll stay and watch people. So, yeah. So, it's sort of like that. Um, so, I would probably do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday, if you got to host at a comedy club, I would get to work. Other than that, it would seem like you just sort of try to do guest spots or something. So, probably, like, anywhere from, like, four to seven times a week. Okay. Wow. Sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do the same thing. Like, yeah. just go to a few every night, and it's—I don't know. Like, it, in my head, like it, it makes sense, like going to every single one. But yeah. I'm like, I'm only doing two minutes at each place. I'm like, how long is it gonna be until I can like really hone a, like a five minute? Act? Yeah. So. I think LA is probably a little because there's so many comedians. It's probably a little, yeah. little harder to get a lot more stage time. In San Francisco, when I was up in college, it was so easy. You could just walk right into. Yeah. Like, it was awesome. But <laughs> yeah. How long do you think it was before you like really started to like? I guess like find your voice or get a good yeah. sense of feeling on stage. I remember uh, I did something a little different. I so I finished classes at Second City, and then my friends and I did a sketch show at their student theater, and that mm. was fun. And I just submitted for another one, and they didn't really. I I didn't know if they would do it, but I just I just submitted for one to get a spot, and I got a spot. And so they didn't really want to do it, or I don't know if they didn't want to, but I it wasn't necessarily like they were all available. So I just did a one person show, and it was about. Uh, Living home with your parents. It was about. Uh, it was like pursuing happiness. I, uh, was that what it was called? Pursuing. Yeah, it's called yeah. pursuing happiness. Cool. And then like underneath it was like a show about people who live at home, or moved out of their parents' house, got a job, and got married, performed by a guy who didn't. Uh, it's kind of a long subtitle. That's a great show. <laughs> but but yeah, I would do sketches about people that had moved out, and then in between I would like sort of like do like stand up type stuff in between. And I remember writing for that sort of helped me find my voice more because I had these jokes about that, but I didn't know that. It... <clears throat> I think writing for like a one-person show where it wasn't so heavy on like, oh, you have to get laughs right away, made me come up with like different jokes that uh, that that ended up being able to get laughs. And I think so that was like a moment was sort of like, oh, this is how you can sort of be yourself more on stage. Yeah. And so I that love was like two years in. Two years, okay. Well, I mean, uh, two years after being out of college, like two thousand six or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So. Four years, I guess, after I'm doing my first set. Yeah. <laughs> and I love your uh, material because it's like very like kind of biographical. Bi- biographical. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Uh, it's also biographical. Yeah, it's also <laughs> biographical. Full biographical. <laughs> Just wear it on your eyes. Yeah. Biographical. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, Thanks. Do you, 
do you write every day? Because I feel like those jokes have to happen to you first. And do you, do you wait until they happen, or do you just work on stuff every day? Um, I think when I started, I would always have like a little notebook, and then I would write down ideas as I yeah. had them. I don't think that's a really good thing that's easy to get away from. Because like sometimes I'll just put it in my phone or whatever, but I don't do that as much anymore. Now, I'll especially with Twitter and Facebook, you just can sort of like throw it up there and then see what works. Right. I think like what I do every day or try to on a consistent basis is just like free write, just sit down and write whatever's in coming out of my head for like a set amount of like 30 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when I fill up that notebook at the end of a month or two months, I'll go back and read it and find, try to find jokes and oh, okay. try to turn That's a really cool like method of doing Oh yeah. Tommy Jonigan was when I first started, he was like, this is what I do. You should do. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, so That's awesome. Yeah. 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 He's really funny. Too. Yeah. No, he's really good. I was yeah. talking to Brian Kylie last week and he was telling me he's like amateurs wait to be inspired to write and yeah. professionals write every day. Yeah. So after that, I was like, oh man, I got to crank it out. Like, well, yeah. I mean, especially when you write for Conan, like when you write for a TV show every, yeah. for however many years, you can't be like, well, you know, I'm going to go, <laughs> go play some pool because I don't feel inspired. Yeah. And we're paying you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think also uh, a quote I liked was good writers write or writers write and good writers rewrite. Um, and so I thought, I mean, I, I mean, just even now more, I sort of like have a joke that doesn't work and I'll try to just sit and think about that joke and sort of free write stuff. Whereas before I'd be like, okay, that's the joke. And then not, not do it anymore. If it's not working, <laughs> just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read that you sh did a showcase for NACA and I didn't know about it. It's the National <laughs> Association of Campus Activities. Yeah. Do you, I had no idea like what it was or anything. Do you have to perform for them and then to be able to tour for colleges? Um, so... Yeah, uh, NACA is what's NACA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, Do they have like a big comedy show every year? Or? Yeah, so there's NACA is like uh, this thing, and it's not just well. I mean, it's, it's just all sort of things that if you were a college student on a student activities board, you would book. So and there's I don't know five or six regions. So there's like the regional ones and the national ones. So there's like seven of them a year. Okay. And basically, every all the students that book things from that region come to this thing. And they uh, they see your fifteen minutes, and then after your show, you'll your agent or somebody or maybe it's just you will have a booth, and they'll come around and book you. So the whole idea is like they can book you, and then someone else in Arizona can book you. And oh, else okay. In so it's like you can sort of line up. Wow. And it's like, like they, drafting for the best. I know <laughs> it feels weird, and like I just sort of go. But then like some people have like giveaways, so everyone just runs to go get a shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, sorry, <laughs> I was they just did my stuff. Uh, I need to make a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the whole idea is like they get a discount on price, but you get all these shows in one week or two weeks. So I've submitted, and it's kind of like a lot of people submit to NACA. You can get colleges because like my agent will sometimes just have schools that will call them or they'll call them and I'll get a lot of, uh, most, I haven't done a NACA in a while. So most of my shows are non-NACA. I've also done APCO, which is a similar thing, but it's easier to get into. NACA is sort of a lot of people submit, and you they only look at the first minute and a half, and then if they like that, they'll listen to the second minute and a half, oh, and wow. then they want another three minutes to look at just yeah. in case they want it. And so it's always sort of like, you made it to the last round? I'm like, okay, well, and then like, and then uh, you're also competing against magicians and musicians and oh, all other yeah. things that are entertainment. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you don't have to do NACA to get colleges, but it helps your agent to book okay. you. But sometimes you do a NACA, and then no one books you right away either. So, it's sort of like, well, that stinks. <laughs> yeah. They run over to the free t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, how long was it after that, or after you started comedy, where you got on Letterman? Uh, okay. So, my first time I went on stage was in 2002. And so, I just went up twice that first summer. 
and then the next summer I went up more, and then uh, 2004 is when I finished college and moved back home and started doing as much as I could, and then I was on Letterman in two, I think January 2011. Oh wow! So I guess almost really quick. Yeah, yeah nine, nine years, years eight, nine, nine years. years. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I read that you worked uh, with Eddie Brill on some of your material for like two years, right? Yeah. So I and he's the booker for all the comics on yeah. Letterman show. For yeah. People who don't. Eddie uh, would he's a stand up, so he would work the road, and he worked Zanies in Chicago, and um, he would do like a showcase before his week, so you could go in and show him your stuff. And it was right when I started to work Zanies a lot, and uh, I didn't get on the sh- showcase because there's only so many spots and whatever. But then I worked the next week at the club, and the manager was like, oh, you should definitely have been on that showcase. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I made a tape, and I sent it to him, and then that began the process of me sort of like, I got to showcase him for, for him a couple times, and he did, he was like a judge at a festival in Atlanta, and and he would just give me notes, and what I always liked about it is the notes were always, whether or not I, I usually agreed with them, but even if I didn't, it was like, oh, this is his point of view on comedy, like, and it was yeah. great to hear that. Um, it was very like uh, he started out in New York, so it's sort of like oh, this is like very uh, I don't know, it's sort of like how sort of Dave maybe even is like really realistic and like how you would just be if you're talking to your friends. Right. Like, notes on that. Like I remember I had a joke where he was like, like I did like a voice of my mom or something, and he was like, you don't need to, you don't need that voice there. You're not getting, you're not making fun of her voice. You're just like pretending to be your mom, and you don't. That's not how you would do it if you were oh, telling wow, that story yeah. to your friend. He's like, it makes sense to do a voice here because she said something stupid. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, like you're making fun of the way she said it. But yeah. you just shouldn't do a voice for nothing. And I was like, oh, that's good. And uh, some of her stuff like that would be really helpful. And then it was kind of funny because I worked with him on a set for two. And then uh, I got offered the Tonight Show before I got Letterman. So I did the Tonight Show first. And oh, then, wow. then he was doing a radio interview in Chicago. And he was like, oh, Michael Palsik wasn't going to do it. But then he did the Tonight Show. So he's not going to do it anymore. I was like, oh, that sucks. And then. Wait, what? So he, he saw you on the Tonight Show and. Yeah, I he guess... He didn't think that you wanted to do Letterman? Now? Well, he was upset because I just did the other one first, but oh. he, the, like, a couple months before, said, well, you know, we'll get you on when you're ready, so... Right. I, I mean, I don't, I've never been on TV like that before, so it's not like I'm going to turn it down yeah. if I get something else. <laughs> so then uh, I came around where the Tonight Show people were so supportive, and they're like, well, you know, send us another set when you want to do it again, and so I did, and they liked that set, and so we emailed, we emailed Eddie and was like, I would really like to do Letterman before I do this show again, and so... I got to do Letterman again, and then I did never get to do Tonight Show again. And then Eddie doesn't book the show anymore, so I don't get to do Letterman. I haven't done Letterman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so cool that he would give you like little suggestions yeah. and really analyze your material. Like, I feel like does he analyze it on a perspective like he knows what like America like likes because he puts on these people in front of all or does he do it on like Dave's like what does Dave like or I think he at the beginning especially he looks less at the material and more just like <clears throat> how you're approaching everything as a stand up like I remember one of the early things he said was like uh, uh, a lack of like like uh, how there should be some sort of like connection and passion to what you're talking about mm-hmm. like you don't want to be huge but like you should be interested in what you're talking about and I right. think starting out it's easy to be like oh this is how I really am so I'm just gonna and I've done the show a thousand times or whatever so it's more of like performance type stuff and well, at least for me, because I think most of my material was okay for what they were looking for. At least I had enough of it. Um, and I think it's not necessarily what America wants, just what Dave would think was good stand up, or what Eddie thinks is good stand up. Yeah. Like I think when you go into that show, that studio audience is so like supportive and excited that they're gonna enjoy it, and so they just want to keep giving them what they think they would enjoy. 
which is uh, yeah, sort of good stand-up, not necessarily like that's so cool. I think he had like some things where there was like stuff about cereal or like kid type stuff where he was like, well, you're not the they just like like you talking about like being a kid like like you're a little kid anymore like as an adult like that sort of stuff. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then like Dave also doesn't want you to make fun of anybody who's like lower than you. Like I had a joke about China. And my manager told me that it probably wouldn't go because he doesn't like making fun of people who can't sort of defend themselves or whatever. Wow, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of noble. Yeah, he's yeah. classic guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. He doesn't like like kid stuff. And I feel like his early stand-up, he had a joke about like a mint being like dried at the bottom of his sink when he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> yeah. There's like a thing of toothpaste and he'd take it out and like give it as a mint to people. I think maybe it was less of Dave not liking it and Eddie being like, well, this is something I don't think able like or whatever that's so cool though yeah. to just get all that information before you yeah. get so you were very comfortable i imagine when you went out to well, do the, the taping right for sure that was the most fun taping especially because they they shoot it in new york in like a theater so it's just like you're doing a set in a theater it doesn't feel like a tv show mm -hmm. at all and they they have it what's great about that show like my favorite part about anything well not my favorite part but my favorite part comparable to other shows is that you don't worry about time like eddie times your set the night before and he's timed it before and and then you just go out and do it until it's done oh, whereas cool. like other shows it's like you're getting a light at like three and a half minutes or they're, <laughs> they're holding up cards like one minute left 1. <laughs> minutes left. one of the shows there's like a red clock over here and it's like once it gets to this time you have like a 30 second window where you have to wrap it up otherwise it's bad news and that's oh. all they tell you that it's really bad if you go way over it's, it's just really really black. <laughs> yeah it's really really bad if you go under but it's really bad like there's two reallys if you go under and oh. only one really if you go <laughs> That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And I love your story of, of how you got to do Craig Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Because you said you opened for him in Vegas, right? No, I was in Hammond, Indiana at a casino. Oh, okay. And uh, he, what's cool about Craig, what I've heard, he, uh, I mean, I was just opening up for him because I was in Chicago and uh, it worked out. Um, but like when he works different towns, sometimes he'll just go to the club in that town and just watch the show and then tell someone that they can be on his show like if he oh, likes sweet. stuff so he's like had a couple of different people on on his show who would just like he would and that, i think that's really cool that like that's how he does that yeah. sometimes and uh yeah so i was opening up for craig and i was just in the green room and he was talking to me before and he's been really nice and uh and i mentioned how i live near where he tapes and i went to a taping and it was uh it was really fun, and I told him I liked it. And he was like, "Oh, you do you want to come do the show?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah." So, and he hadn't even seen my set yet. So I think I'm sure he would have been like, "Just joking," if he didn't like it. But <laughs> and then when we were walking up to go do the show, I mean, it was, he's a big crowd because he probably it was probably like over a thousand people or whatever. He's like, "Michael, Michael, this is like this is like Eminem. Like, lose yourself. Like, you got my mom's spaghetti." <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's so cool, though. He's so funny. I yeah. love that guy. I love yeah. that he really is into comics, because I feel like a lot of those late shows, that that's what it's for, you know? It's yeah. like discover comedians, and sometimes I feel like they forget. I feel like Jay could have had more comedians on. And Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think, I mean, I don't, I know sometimes it's a network thing, like I heard with Kimmel, if they get a band on, they make like a lot of money because Bud Light has their stage oh, that yeah. they use so like that's why they don't have comedians oh, on because like yeah. it's like 40 grand or something <laughs> 20 grand I'm like well I understand I don't know if I'm worth that yeah. <laughs> but maybe maybe I am you should be the first comedian that plays on that giant stage yeah I'll, like, I'll just do that thing <laughs> just put me on the big stage <laughs> that'd be so sweet yeah Um. so I mean this all kind of happened in a 
pretty close amount of time, right? It's yeah. like Tonight Show, Letterman, and all within like a couple years, maybe? Yeah, so I did uh, Tonight Show in July of 2010, and then Letterman was January 2011. And then uh, I did Ferguson, uh, I guess, a year and a half after that. So, wow, and then like right after that was the Comedy Central half hour? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That, yeah. Like all together, that's like a whole like album. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> How much material did you have up to that point? Like, I mean, I think so. Leno was like, this was my best whatever, plus like two jokes that I wrote. A joke mm-hmm. I wrote about Prius is dying or whatever. <laughs> uh, it was what contemporary was at the time. Um, I said it sucks something about how you know priests didn't stop they all got recalled or whatever mm-hmm. and then I made a reference to how like when I was a kid and I learned about World War Two uh, I always thought that you taught because you know there were people were so like kamikaze fighters were so vicious and violent and right. they were fighting for the country and I was like well maybe Japan's just bad at making breaks <laughs> and uh, that was my Tonight Show debut opener. <laughs> That's so, so cool. yeah, so I had those four minutes, and then the Letterman four minutes, and then Ferguson four minutes, so that was like 12, and then you did. I did my half hour, and they let you do, you can't do the same stuff in between the shows, but Comedy Central, as long as you don't do what you did on, like, Gotham, you can do that. Okay. But they, but you do over that, you did, I probably did, like, 35, and they pretty much cut out all the stuff that I did on Ferguson and Letterman and Tonight Show. Oh, really? So it's mostly just all, like, new stuff. So, yeah. yeah it was, they like, edited 40 it, minutes. like, kind of around it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 40, 45 minutes total material. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is all, like, a couple years ago, and then this year, you just released your album? Yeah. That's yeah. so sweet. That's like yeah. two hours of jokes. Yeah. Well, I hadn't had an album up to that point, so this is it had some stuff from those shows too, and then some newer stuff. So. And it's such an awesome album. I love it. Oh, you love things. Yeah, yeah. Many times. And thank you. I really just like I said before. I love how it's like I know that all this stuff sort of happened to you, and it's like true. And yeah, it's really great. And you're also a clean comic, which I love too. Was Thanks. that like a conscious choice from the beginning, or did you try like yeah. other styles first? I think. I think when I was a kid, my parents were always, like, strict, and I wasn't allowed to swear, and I was afraid of them, so I didn't. And then, like, <laughs> you get older, and you're like, oh, in high school, like, I tried swearing. I remember I was at a party one time, and, like, you know, a stupid high school party, and uh, I tried swearing. Like, no, I didn't tell anybody I was trying to swear, but I was like, I'm going to say some words to <laughs> And it just felt weird, so I was like, yeah. well, that doesn't make sense for me. And, uh, and then when I started doing stand-up, I always wanted to do TV, so I didn't want to do a joke and then not be able to do that joke on tv and also i always wanted to work and i knew that i could work in front of anybody if i was clean and i think i think maybe the biggest thing was when i heard seinfeld say how when he decided to not swear anymore was when he realized that it made the joke better if you swore and then the joke didn't work when he didn't swear and he he just i didn't understand that at the time but he was just like it makes your joke writing better if you don't swear because then you have to get a lot so i was like i'll just do that yeah so i think maybe that was like one of my good decisions in my 20s like this is like (laughs) a good decision right yeah and uh so is that from the beginning but i did have like a couple jokes that i swore because i felt like i had to Mm. and it wasn't like uh like i remember one of my friends told me it was like because he didn't swear. And he was like, that's like one of the smartest jokes where you say the F word ever. <laughs> it's like, it's like about how R-rated movies or whatever. And I was just sort of like quoting an R-rated movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and I think it was funny when I started out because my mom and dad would come to my shows. And so I think maybe that influenced it a little bit. But I, at the same time, I had jokes that my mom didn't like. And she'd be like, Michael, I don't think you should do this joke. <laughs> I'm like, you're crazy. You're being crazy right now. 
hate it. <laughs> what was that like, like living with your parents? Would you try like jokes on your mom? Oh yeah. So it's because I do great. that, and like my mom is just like, "That's dumb." Like I don't get it. Aww. So sometimes I'll try to, like mask and be like, "Chris Rock said this," and then she'll laugh like, "No, I wrote that." It's like it's not that. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> I remember doing that at the dinner table one time where. Yeah, I found, if you'd be like, I heard this joke, and then you do mm-hmm. it, then if people don't laugh. I remember I had a joke one time where I said that, or I told people that I did that, and then I went on stage, and then they would come to my show, and I'm like, Michael, why are you stealing all these jokes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would tell my mom jokes, and uh, she'd either be like, try to think it out, and then I was like, okay, that's not funny. Or I knew it was funny. She's like, that's cute. Like, yeah, okay. I get that yeah. Because I'm like, okay, you don't want to laugh right now, but that's I don't know cute. what to I'll do with it. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll try it out and see if people think it's cute. Other people think it's cute. Yeah. Cute is the best response yeah. a mom can give for comedy. Yeah. And I always felt, even though it was weird responses or whatever, that my mom was someone who I could just say whatever around in that context. And, like, even if I did offend her or whatever, it was, like, okay because, I don't know, it was easy to, to do that because she was my yeah. mom. It didn't matter. Like, friends even or whatever, it sort of would be, could be, I don't want them to laugh because they have to or try to help out or right. something to be like, yeah. Yeah. Like I got in a fight with my girlfriend one time because she was like, oh yeah, you should do that or don't. I'm like, no, you don't get to decide what I do and don't do. I'm just asking you whether you should laugh or not laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you do it with your friends, they like always laugh even if it's not funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, I think I'm glad that we both have honest moms who are like, eh, yeah, that's yeah, my like. mom's very honest. Yeah. I remember my brother was in college and he came home when I was home one time and I was like, I was leaving for a show and I was like, how do I look? And my mom's like, okay, that looks good. And my brother would be like, well, she'd always say that. And she's like, no, I don't always say that <laughs> ever. <laughs> so funny. Um, do you do you feel like it was hard to do improv and stand up at the same time? Because I feel like in improv, you like don't want to be in your head at all. And then stand up, mm-hmm. you're always like thinking about stuff and analyzing things. I think like in that sense, the in your head part, I think improv, yeah, for sure you want to be in the moment. I, thought, I feel like if I could bring that to stand up, it's also really good to sort of like listen I remember, I just quote Seinfeld all the time. Like he said, like, a ju- it's just like a conversation with the audience. So mm-hmm. I think in that point, it is really good to listen. Okay, they're they're laughing at a good point here. I can go to the next part. Right. Which I think is, and it makes stand-up more fun to just sort of, like, do. I think it was hard to do both in the sense that just time-wise, it's like I was going to improv class, and then I would go to an open mic, and everyone in my improv class would go hang out. And I felt like, oh, I'm missing out on that fun part. Or oh, whatever. right, or like, yeah. Or they're going to a show. So I felt like, I, I think I, I made it work, and it was fun, but... uh I, and I think it was definitely, I'm really glad I did both. And I think it helped out a lot now, especially being in LA for like auditions and stuff to be like, oh, well, I've done some sort of acting before. Right. And I've also have a way that industry can come see me. That's what's great about stand up in LA is like you can be like, people can be like, oh, that's what he does. It's easy yeah. to see that. I'm sure improv can do that too. I just, you know, stand up is like, these are my jokes. And yeah. Whatever. That's what I love about stand up. I feel like as long as you keep working, you always have a job. Yeah. Like where improv, I feel like it's hard to do an improv show on like a Monday night. Like yeah. Nobody's going to want to see that. Yeah. I totally like that about stand-up is you're always building something. I think the cool thing about improv though is that you can, uh, you can really hone, hone that more maybe like the acting and sort of listening right. and, and writing and stuff. But maybe not. Maybe yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And um, so when you came out to LA, did you start like, did you want to do more like acting stuff and are you auditioning currently for like a lot of things or um, like where do you see like let's say in 10 years do you want to keep being a stand-up or do you want to be like in a movie or direct yeah or? I remember when I very started like in the early years one of my friends was like I'm just doing stand-up 
And then that's all I want to do. And if I get that stuff, then that's great. And I remember looking at him like, oh, I just want to do this until I get a TV show or movie and then stop doing it, whatever. And I think I said that, but I think I love being able to work at it all the time. And it has been the most consistent thing. Like when I, even when starting out, when I wouldn't get cast at a sketch show, I was like, well, I'm going to go do the road. Like it wasn't a big deal. Um, So I don't know. Like now, I don't think I've ever been a good enough actor to have to make that decision yet. Yeah. Like, but maybe I will. Like I'm taking (laughs) acting classes, so maybe someday I'll have to make that choice. And I think that'll be fun to do that. I think, I think like the other weird part about being in LA is like, no one wants you to make that choice. Like people will be like, you know, you should go on the road, but you also be back here for this audition and also (laughs) have a whatever. And oh, you want me to do everything? Yeah. Well, I was (laughs) trying my best. So I think like at ten years, I would love to have like some acting credits and uh and be able to sort of maybe have when i go on the road have people who who come to see my show a lot so if that's because they love my stand-up or if that's because like i had like a a tv show that people loved or whatever yeah like, either one would be very cool great. or maybe it's from this podcast like, <laughs> no, no? I think maybe oh, this is gonna oh, like my numbers people. in the clubs <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get it out as much as possible. No, I'm not going to put that on you. But I mean, it would be great. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's <some> bonuses. <laughs> um, you, what was it like? Like, when did you, how old were you when you first started going out on the road? Okay, so 2004 was when, when was when I was finishing college. And I would start to like host at Riddles Comedy Club, which okay. was right by my house. So I didn't, yeah. that's not really the road. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think it was like October of that year. Uh, I think it was that soon, 2004, so I was like 22, just sort of like going and hosting in Milwaukee, and then oh, Appleton cool. was maybe like, Appleton, Wisconsin was like maybe six months later, so I think I was like, yeah, I was like 22 when I would start hosting at clubs, and then uh, that's kind of like sporadically. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, when I could. And what's the road like like nowadays like for you? Do you, is it... Do I mean do comics like all go out together on the road or do you is it kind of like a solo? Yeah, thing? I think usually it's fun if you get to work with somebody. Sometimes like they'll be like, "Oh, you're gonna open for this person, or it's gonna be this show." But normally it's like, yeah, I, I go to a club or I go to a college for a day and then I leave or whatever that next day, or I go to a club on a Wednesday or Thursday and I'm there for a couple of days and then that's it. You just sort of yeah. hang out during the day or work during the right and stuff and then go to your show and then. Uh, do whatever you do at night. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered, yeah, like, what what do you do? What yeah, do you, like, it is kind know. of hard. I think when I started out, if I were to go back, maybe I felt, like, this pressure to sort of hang out with people because I was, like, a, I mean, I was a nice person and I didn't not want to, so I always, but I always wanted to work more. Like, I always loved writing. So I think it was probably good that I hung out with people, but I think I might have been more, like, focused on like okay well i'm gonna write these nights and then hang out these nights because it's sort of hard because you're working with people who work at the club and they want to go out and whatever but you still want to have your own vision so i think now i just sort of do whatever i want i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go back and not do anything i'm like oh yeah that'd be fun to yeah hang out one night or whatever. <laughs> i think it, my advice would be uh find a reason or if you want to work if you don't want if you want to go out do whatever um unless like the owners are taking you out like there's one club where like the the there's two girls that sort of work and they'll, they want to go out the first night, so you go out and it's fun or whatever. And then after that, it's a busy weekend. But normally, when I do clubs. I'll like be like, oh, I have stuff to do the first couple nights, and then Saturday, people are gonna go do something. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Because then it's like I felt like I worked during the day. Right. Then, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I, well, there's a story that I heard that like Judd Apatow was on the road, 
and uh, there's a like old comedian that was there going on. He's going on. He's like, you want to come? And he's like, oh, I gotta work on my screenplay. And he's like, oh, well, good luck with that. And then, like, <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He took that down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess working hard and yeah. In the I think there is like a sense that I wish I would have had more of like what I'm doing is okay and it's okay to sort of really focus on that and do it more and not feel as pressured. And then go out with the people that can change your life. Like if you're on the road in the Midwest, with like those people aren't necessarily gonna be able to help you with your goals in LA or New York. Right. But if you're like in LA after a show and the producer wants to hang out, well, then it's like, oh yeah, this person could help me. It's good to know this person. So yeah, I think it's good to make choices like that. Very cool. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and I, I totally yeah. look up to you because you write and you're acting and you're doing stand up. Oh I think yeah, that's so cool, and it's what I wanted to hopefully do one day. Oh, so. I look up to you. You got your whole future ahead of you, and you got. <laughs> podcast already thank you so yeah. much thank you for letting me interview and of course uh you'll be at the west side comedy theater december 7th yeah cool yeah. and used to be on december 11th right december 11th yeah awesome yeah, i'm gonna try and go sure. and everybody should try and go and see him he's a great guy and uh you're doing comics unleashed tomorrow too yeah that's gonna be awesome <laughs> how'd you know that i looked at your schedule oh really <laughs> the, the one in your book in your closet right here oh nice not online no <laughs> No, yeah, I'm taping that tomorrow, so that'll be, that'll be airing at some point. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, it was great talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you. Thank you. <laughs>